0: Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from evangelist Daz Cheddar. I want to meet this guy, Daz. He sounds amazing. Like, seriously. Wow. That's beautiful. Hey, uh, it's been such an honour being here and... uh, Man, I just love the DNA of this church, you know, I, and, and this is, in all honesty, I listen to the podcasters whenever they go up and what you guys are doing, and I love Dan and Chelsea and Awakening, I mean, seriously, this is so my heart, so my DNA, and it's, it's like just talking to friends at home, yeah. it's really cool, and, uh, but what I want to do tonight, well, tonight's going to be a, a powerful night, and, uh, but what I want to do is I've brought Luke with me. And I just want to tell you a little bit about Luke, because he's going to share his testimony. You see, three years ago, I got a phone call from this random number, a random voice. And the the guy said, hey, hey, is that you, Dad? And I go, yeah. And he goes, oh, my name's Luke. God's told me that you're going to be my mentor. Alrighty, I'm surprised God didn't tell me that, Luke. And I said, oh, okay. I said, what do you do? And he said, oh, I own some cafes. And I said, okay, let's have a coffee. So I went and had a coffee with Luke, and uh, I'm just going to say it how it is. I do that quite a bit. I sat with Luke, and he did my head in. Like, seriously, man. For 45 minutes, he did not shut up. He just went on and on and on. And I was just going, oh, my goodness. Not only do not do I not want to be his mentor, I don't even want to be his friend. Like, seriously, I know this is brutal, but it is what it is. And it's true, eh, hey, buddy? Yeah. And uh, about 45 minutes in, I said, stop. I said, mate, this is ridiculous. You're going to four different churches. You're bouncing around all over the show. You're doing this. You're doing that mate, what are you doing? You need to go to one church. You need to get planted in that church. I said, see that tree there? That's a big tree. And he goes, yeah, that's a big tree. And I said, someone planted that tree one day. And that tree has had 18,000 earthquakes. We live in Christchurch, and we've had some serious earthquakes over the last seven years. And that tree is still standing. That tree is still super solid because it got planted. The next weekend, Luke came to my church. I was thinking, go to any church, maybe not mine. And uh, he goes to my church, and I see him walk in. I go, oh no, that's that guy. That guy. And over the last three years, I've watched Luke develop into a mighty man of God. Come on, he's at church every week. He serves in our church. He loves our pastors to bits. Him and his wife are just incredible. To be really honest with you, and I I, I say this with so much, I'm just so proud of you, man. Because I've never actually met anyone with such a massive heart for the broken and the lost. But not only does he want to go and win them to Christ, he disciples them the whole way through. There's always people staying at his house. He's turned his garage into like a halfway house. And he just journeys the whole way through. They have ups and downs. They fall back into addiction. And he's there the whole time, just pulling them back and showing them the love of the Father. Come up here, bro, and share your
1: Presence is unreal, eh? Um, so I was um, lost, and um, now I'm radically found. Um, so I didn't grow up in a um, Christian family. Um, my parents split up when I was probably four years old. Um, I grew up with my mother, and my father lived in another city, and um, He's an alcoholic, still is an alcoholic until God rocks him and sets him free, too. But, um, I remember sort of, um, as a kid, my mother, she she just loved me and she was a good mum. And then we'd go up to my dad's in the holidays and, um, we'd be in the pub. And, um, to me, that was normal, you know. And, um, I guess on my way through school, I'll just skip through. But by the time I got to high school, I was a real misfit. Um, I spent probably more time out in the hallway than I did in class, um, heading through high school. And I started hanging out with the other naughty kids. You know, we started um, smoking ciggies and playing around with drugs and drinking on the weekends. Um, I had a real craving to go and get to know my father, so. I left school at 15, 16 and moved up to where he was and um, started trying to work. And um, before I knew it, you know, I um, plummeted into addiction for 11, 12 years. Um, It was a gnarly ride, eh? Um, Fights, drugs, girls, um, booze, couldn't keep a job, um, full of anger, hatred... So broken um, couldn't even look in a mirror at times over that journey because um, I just felt that that low um, I can honestly say you know I didn't believe in God um, at all. people would speak to me every now and then about God and I 'd laugh at them and think they were nuts and prosecute them and all the rest of that stuff you know I was way too cool for God. Um, I was in and out of prison four times along that journey and um, my last night in jail, I was yelling out my door to another guy, a whole bunch of stuff, I was going to attack him and blah, blah, blah and all of a sudden I had like a demonic spirit show up next to me and it physically pushed me into the wall and um, I didn't believe in that stuff but when that happened, a fear hit me and it was just, it was crazy. And um, I jumped in my bed, and the presence of God rocked me, like rocked me. I was absolutely wrecked. It was like my whole cell just lit up. And I looked to the left, and there was a massive glowing golden cross, and it was like I was being sucked into it. And that's when um, God began to work in me, you know. I got out of jail the next day, and... Um, I wrote to some of my mates that I had at the time and I told them what had happened and they were like, bro, like you've you've finally lost the plot. You've gone insane. And I was like, nah, like, I'm serious, man. like God's real. And um, it was a process from there. And um, I'm just going to go through a few years, but it was a struggle when I got out. I tried to start living a normal life. I fell back into addiction. I just... You know, life was a mess and I was trying to be normal and trying to keep a job and all the rest of that stuff and I'll go through to the day I got baptized, which was eleventh of July two thousand and fifteen. And I come out of that water and Jesus revealed himself to me like and a fire started in me that's never stopped. Like I tell as many people as I can, my testimony, my journey, what he's done for me, you know, I'm over four years clean and sober, oh glory to God. I've got um, a business, we've got probably, not, I think it's nine cafes, soon to be ten. Oh, God, you know, like watched him do it all, Um I've got a beautiful wife, you know. I'm married and I, I love her a bit. I'm um, faithful and she loves Jesus just as much as I do. I'm a father as well. I've got a 15 month old baby girl. Come on, man. I, yeah, I couldn't have been a dad without Jesus in my life. Like, I know how much of a mess I would have made. And I'm grateful every day, you know, to God that that I know him. Because without him, I couldn't be a father to that girl.
0: Beautiful, Uh, bro.
1: Most of all, you know, I've got Jesus. And he's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I want to encourage you, oh, like, it's not about giving him your heart. It's giving him your life and walk with him and trust him and let him come out because that's what he wants to do. He wants to pour out. He wants to, you know, the greatest gift we have is him and we're able to give him to anyone that we meet, you know, seeds, whatever. It's not all about the salvation either like what Daz always preaches it's about Jesus, you know, and we have him. So glory to God and thanks for letting me share.
0: You know, that's just a beautiful picture of no one's that lost that they can't be found. Oh, yeah. So good, eh? Yeah. Hey, uh, I've got a couple of books, three books that I want to give away. I love boldness. So so there you go. That was awesome. No, sorry. Okay, so so who this weekend has shared the gospel for the first time? That's amazing. Seriously. No one responds. It's boop, boop. But you all shared the gospel this weekend, yeah? Yeah. we've got a problem, Houston. What the heck am I doing here? Okay. Who within the last week, show me your hand, within the last week, if you've given your life to Jesus within the last week? Come here, come here, come here. That's for you, and this is for you. you. Mm-hmm. I love you, man. You. So glad I you Can we have a microphone for a minute? We met this man yesterday at uh, McDonald's. And uh, and well I met him at McDonald's, I'm not sure where you guys met him, but His life has been radically impacted, eh? What's happened, man? Uh, It's like I've gone from walking and pushing my car to going like a rocket with it. (laughs) When you really live it, it stays there. And it's the best gift I've ever had. Come here, man. Come here. i man. love you, man. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So good. Okay. So who's getting baptised within the next month? Hey, mate, we've got a bath. Yeah, let's do it. Is there, a there you go, bro. God bless you, man. Awesome you like chapter five in that uh, in that book, that's uh, my story, <laughs> so it's pretty cool. <laughs> Actually, just thinking about it, I'll just get this set up, I kind of, like this is, the fifth service that I've done this weekend of Fire Church and the evangelism training. And I kind of haven't uh, sort of gloated or sh- been a show off or got- just told a story kind of about me that you'd go, wow, he's amazing. So I thought maybe tonight it'd be all right to do one of them. Yeah. Is that okay? <laughs> it's kind of a Kiwi thing, I think. I just kind of want to, I want you to think I'm really cool, but anyway. Now, this is true. I still hold the record at St. Bede's College in Christchurch for my accountancy exam. I do. I still hold the record. I sat the exam in 1988, and I still hold the record today. How amazing is that? Yeah, come That's like a pretty average clap. 97%. I got 97% wrong. That's like 11% right. So it's quite funny. I uh, I shared that at Elevation Church on the Gold Coast. I, that's a, lot, a bit of a joke. But I did actually get 97, 97% wrong. That is true. And I did that, and one of the pastors at well, Elevation was on the front row. He's going, no, it's not 11. It's three. It's three. He was, like, fully freaking out. It was so cool. I thought that was really funny. Oh, Jesus. Who here has heard of Ron Hardbonkey? Yeah, most years. Yeah, I got invited to be a part of that crusade, his farewell crusade, it was such an honor, man. And the 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 take home for me for that whole crusade was this, God responds to hunger. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just seeing that on the, the last night, the night that Dan Hagen and um, Ben Fitz were there, there was 800,000 people in attendance. As the crusade each night, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, just being in the crowd, they were a little bit nervous. C-Fan were a little bit nervous about me going into the crowd. But it was just so amazing. Seriously amazing. Very dangerous, but so amazing. Just seeing God move in such a powerful way. Like I prayed for this crippled dude. Like he had a walker, and he was just one his walker and just groveling his way through. And I, I just knelt down and prayed for him, and he just went, and I freaked out. This healing thing fully works. It's like seriously amazing. And I picked up his stroller, his walker, and I chucked it in this big pond. And uh, so when you do that, you've got to make sure they are healed. Or, or you'll be going for a swim. But it was just the hunger of these people. They had nothing. But yet they had everything. And it just challenged me so much. You see, because I was looking out over the crowd one night, just bawling. It was one of the nights that Reinhard preached his last message. And I was just looking out, just going, wow. And the Holy Ghost showed me a picture and, uh, and started talking to me about Gordon Ramsay. I mean, hello, you're in Nigeria, and God starts talking to you about Gordon Ramsay? He's like a chef that swears a lot. He needs to get saved. But anyway. And and he showed me this picture that Gordon had invited me to his restaurant. And I was really excited about going to Gordon's restaurant. And uh, so I put all my nice clothes on, and I'm all dressed up, and I clean the car, and I start driving to Gordon's restaurant. But you see, on the way, I thought, oh, I might stop at Macca's. Just have a wee burger, they'll be all right. So I stop at Macca's and have a wee Big Mac combo and a wee Coke large. <laughs> and, uh, and then I get to the restaurant and, uh, you know, he comes down, they put the napkin on my legs and everything's lovely. And he, he comes down and he's so proud. And he hands me this food, places it on the table. And the food's amazing. It looks amazing. It smells amazing. But I couldn't feast on it because I was already full. And Holy Ghost showed me that's what it can be like with us. We can be filling ourselves with stuff. And then we can even justify what we're filling ourselves with. It could be we're so busy with church stuff. It could be we're so busy doing this, doing that, doing this. And we're justifying what we're doing because it's good, but we're not filling ourselves with Him. Because it's all about Him. Like I said this morning, you can't give what you haven't got. And in my 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 own personal challenge from Nigeria was this: I now go into my office, I turn all my devices off, I kneel down in my office, and I just worship Him. I haven't got the flesh's voice, man. As a matter of fact, I was worshiping at my church, and I was really enjoying the song and I'm worshipping quite loud, this lovely lady, she's so lovely, elderly lady, she tapped me on the hand and she said, Daz, and I went, oh, yes. She said, at least you're trying. (laughs) (laughs) But in my office with no devices, no nothing, and I'm just worshipping him, I'm spending time with him, because when you're hungry, he will fill you. And when he fills you, you'll just get fat and lazy and sit around. No. When, when, yeah, that's right. When he fills you, he wants to pour you out wherever you go. We, uh, a friend of mine, we, we had this amazing day just worshipping Jesus. It was incredible. Just at his house, just worshipping the Lord. It was beautiful. And then we decided we were going to go down to Dunedin, which is about a four-hour drive from Christchurch, and go for a surf, go surfing for the weekend. And uh, so we jump in the car, we load the boards in, and we're we're off, off to Dunedin. And, uh, And we turn up our music, and we're worshiping Jesus as we're driving. And I said, bro, there's a hitchhiker. Bang, turn the indicator on, pick up this hitchhiker. He jumps in the car. We crank the worship music up, and we just keep worshiping Jesus. He's in the back going, oh, flip. Not sure if I. it got a couple, couple of loonies, and uh, so we're just driving down and, and just sharing with them and telling them how much Jesus loves them. And you know, he he did university in um, in Dunedin, a very intelligent guy, and and it was awesome. But we pull past. By by now, it's like nine o'clock at night, maybe ten o'clock. We pull past this through this little town, and there's a there's a, a massive party going on. At this pub, and everyone's just spilled out over the over this big balcony, all over the street. It's just full-blown drunken craziness. I went, "Wow!" So I put my indicator on and uh, pull over. And you see, I had metal struts welded to the bonnet of my car, so when I jump up on the bonnet and preach, I don't fall through it. And uh, so I jump up on the bonnet and I start preaching the gospel. And all these, these people start getting really angry and really irritated. And the party moves across the road to where I am. It's like seriously amazing. Just drew an awesome crowd. And I'm just sharing. And they're, they're, I'm not sure, but they were swearing a lot. I'm not sure how much they loved me. But it was okay. And I just keep sharing and just, just kept telling my story. And then there was one guy. And he was really angry. He was kind of like the ringleader, quite a big, tough guy. And I I said this, I'm not sure if I'd say this now, but I did say it then. I said, hey, tough guy. No, I would say it now. I said, hey, tough guy, if you're so tough, let me pray for you. He went, what? I said, yeah, if you're so tough, I'm standing on my bonnet, let me pray for you. And then all his drunken friends go, yeah, man, let him pray for you. Let him pray for you. They're like full on demonic evangelists. It's amazing. And they're chanting, pray for him, pray for him, pray for him. Okay, sweet. Let's pray for him. Hallelujah. It's getting hot. Praise God. It was so fun, man. So he comes over and he's staunch as and trying to be cool in front of his mates. And they're still giving him heaps. And I just put my hands on his head. And I said, Jesus, touch him. Touch him, Lord. Touch him, show him how much you love him. And he just started swaying. At the first, I just thought it's because he's drunk.
1: <laughs>
0: but then as I kept praying for him, I could just see that God was all over him. He ended up going on the bonnet of the car next to us. He's out, just out like that. And I started crying. I thought, this is absolutely amazing. He's out. And you know when you're out under the power of God, you do those like God noises like, uh, uh, uh. He was doing them. It was like seriously amazing. So he's out and, and it's all good. I'm really excited. I'm thinking, man, we're going to have full-blown revival here soon. Yeah. And, uh, and then his friends started going, well, what now? And I go, well, uh, God's just touching him, and this is normal. This is okay. Don't freak out. This happens at our church all the time. And that was cool for the first couple of minutes, but after five minutes, they start going, "What on earth have you done to him?" And I go, "No, that's no, all good. Get up, mate. Get up. Get up. Get up." He's, like, Whoa. "I really want him up," because now the hitchhiker's looking out the window, going, "Come, we've got to go. We've got to go. We've got to go." Things are, the hitchhiker has seen this whole thing, and uh, so the hitchhiker's not too 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 stoked to be with us. And I think, okay, this is getting really unsafe. These guys are starting to get aggressive. I'm trying to get him back. I can't get him back. We need to go. So we jump in my van and we take off and uh, just leave him there. And, uh, and, I, and I was okay with that because God, he's a big God, man. He threw the stars into the sky. He surely can sort this. So we start heading down to Dunedin. And as we've got the worship music going again, and this time, you know, that was an amazing encounter, man. So I start singing in tongues in the car. The hitchhiker's going, oh my goodness, now they speak a strange language. So I'm singing in tongues, and I see these red and, uh, sorry red lights, the first lot with the red lights, coming this way, and we're going that way. It's an ambulance. They've called an ambulance. He's out under the power, and they've called an ambulance. How amazing is this, man? I'm going, yes, come on, Jesus. Love you, Lord. (sighs) Hitchhiker is going, this is a cult. I'm in a car full of, this is a cult. He's the one of the dressmen, he's a cult leader. And uh, so so that's all cool. And we just keep plowing on on our way to Dunedin. It's awesome, an awesome time. And then I look in the rear vision mirror and I see two red and blue lights. (laughs) Back in the day when I'd see the red and blue lights, I'd pull up someone's drive and turn my lights off. But not now, I'm a Christian, you see. <laughs> so I put my indicator on and I pulled over. This is not a word of a lie. This is, this is seriously amazing. I wound my window down to speak to the police officer. Hitchhiker in the back, my friend in the passenger seat. I wound my window down. As the policeman walked to my car and turned, before he could say one word, I said, sir, your father was a Freemason, your father's father was a Freemason, and you're a Freemason, you need to get out of the lodge now. And he went. And walked back to his car, turned the lights off, the red and blue lights, chucked a Yui and went that way. He did not say one word to us. Now the hitchhiker is going, oh my goodness, what is going on? It was seriously amazing. Like, seriously, come on, Jesus. I'm getting that excited. My pants are falling down. Might be losing weight. So then we get to the Needham, And, man, we're just worshiping Jesus. We're just loving on Jesus. And uh, we get out of the car, and I, I give the hitchhiker a hug. I said, bro, I love you so much. I said, you've seen some crazy things. I said, yeah. I said, Jesus loves you, bro. Do you want to give your life to Jesus? And he said, no. <laughs> and it rocked me to the core that someone could see God move in such a powerful way. So many supernatural things happened, but yet he would say no. I understand the power of the seed. I love the seed. But it shocked me that even if you see all this incredible stuff, you could still have a cold heart towards them. It rocked me. And uh, it made me realize that it doesn't matter. It, it, It doesn't matter what people actually see. It matters what God does in their heart. Because, like I said this morning, Peter had seen all these amazing things. Dead people coming to life, blind eyes opening, Jesus walking on water, all this stuff. But yeah, it wasn't until the Holy Ghost got a hold of him. It wasn't until the Holy Ghost was living in him. And and it just it just rocked me, man, because I was a hundred percent certain that, that guy would follow Jesus for the rest of his life from what he had seen because it was seriously not normal. It was amazing. And, you know, for me, there's been a couple of encounters in my life where it's undeniably God. It's been so amazing. But God's so much more than just that. He's with me every day. Whenever I wake up, He's there. Whenever I go to sleep, he's there. He is a living God. He's alive from the dead. And he loves you and me so much. But he also loves every single person outside this church building. Every prostitute. Every drug addict. Every pedophile. Every murderer. I've got a friend. He, I actually met up with him in Auckland a couple of weeks ago. He did 17 years for murder, took a man's life, similar to Luke. In his jail cell, he had an encounter with Jesus. And I'd go and visit him in jail, and he was the freest man I've ever met. But yet he was locked up every day. It's all about Jesus. My question is tonight, how hungry are you? Like, Seriously. Are you hungry enough to turn the TV off? Are you hungry enough to put your phone away? Are you hungry enough to spend time on your knees interceding for your family and friends? How hungry are you? It was such an honor for me to be able to go to Reinhard Bonnke School of Evangelism last year. I actually went this year as well. It was incredible. But last year was awesome. You know, this year, there's only 100 seats in the room. And it's invite only. It's like a real big deal to get invited there. I seriously, when I got invited, I was like, they've so got this wrong. What on earth am I going there for? It was just so amazing. But then this year, Steve Asma asked me to pull a team of Kiwis and Aussies together. And in a room of 100, we had 21 Kiwi and Aussie evangelists. Getting fired up, man, to preach the gospel. The timing is right now. You know, awakening's just around the corner, man, and I, I'm just so excited, man. Aussie is going to be shaken with the gospel, shaken, man. But the the first year at the school, everything leads up. So you're in this room, and there's a hundred odd young evangelists and guys and girls, and the whole week leads up to one impartation night on the Friday night, and it's, it's just like, seriously, I could talk for the next two hours just on the school of evangelism. It was, you know God's moving when Michael Kulianos gets up, ready to preach. He starts crying. He shuts his Bible. He lies down on the ground, and then every single person in the room is on their face weeping before God. You know that's the sovereign move of God. You know, if there was 10 or 20 or 30, but every single one of us, the, the, the presence of God came in like a rushing wind, pushed us to the ground, and we'd just be weeping and wailing. You know, I, I went over there thinking that I'm going to learn how to preach better. I'm going to learn how to do better older calls. I'm going to learn one-on-one on the street better. I learned nothing about evangelism. On the way over there, I was Matty Russell and myself, an Aussie friend of mine. We were preaching on every plane. We were going into malls. We were doing all this amazing stuff. People were getting rocked. On the way home, I had my hoodie up. I had my sunnies on in the plane. That's weird. You know the guys that wear sunnies in the plane? That was me. And I was just shaking and crying the whole way home because of this. We went into into the big auditorium on the Friday night. We line up on this carpet, and uh, so we're all in there, and, and we hear on the, on, the, on the speakers. The teachers are coming in shortly to pray for you guys. Get ready. Just start worshiping God. Roy Fields was on the, on, the, um, on the keys and worship leading, and we're just worshiping God in this room. It was awesome, man. It was so beautiful. And it was just uh, the most powerful life-changing week for me. There was a guy next to me, his name's Jesse, he's an American evangelist. And he turned to me and he said, hey, Daz, it's an honor to die next to you tonight. I don't want to die. You're on, mate. But it rocked me. Because like, he wasn't joking. He was 100% legit. I was going, to flip an egg, man. So I'm just standing there waiting for these speakers to come in and impart to us. The whole week is leading up to this night. And I'm just standing on the carpet just processing what Jesse had just said and just worshipping Jesus, just worshipping him, telling him I love him. And I physically felt I didn't think this. I felt this. This testimony is a little bit weird, but I think you guys at Fire Church will get it because you're wild. You're a wild bunch. I felt this rubbing on my chest, and I was just, uh, my eyes were closed, I could feel this rubbing, and it felt so good, man, and I said, Jesus, what is that, and I saw a, a picture of this little lamb, this beautiful little lamb, and the lamb was licking my chest, and I felt Holy Ghost say, I've done that for the last 21 years. Hey, bro, you may think this is funny, but this changed my life. And uh, so for the last 21 years, the Holy Ghost said that I've been like a lamb to you, licking your chest, loving on you, being there for you, being the gentle father that you have needed. And I just fell to my knees, bawling like anything, just totally undone. I couldn't give a rip what speaker was going to come into the room. I couldn't care if Wigglesworth had turned up. It didn't matter because I was having an encounter with the living God. It was powerful, man. And then I saw this lion's paw with these massive claws come across my chest as I'm kneeling on the ground. And he ripped my chest open. I physically felt it. I went, and I could feel and hear the bones breaking, man. This was an encounter with a living God, not just a name in a book. And then he grabbed my heart out of my chest. And he said, this is now mine. And that moment has changed my life. I couldn't share with people on the way home. In the planes, I was just crying and crying. I felt so unstable. I would just be shaking and crying. Just couldn't stop telling him how much I loved him. And then I got home and I realized how powerful that encounter has been. I was worshiping Jesus in my office and I thought, I'm going to go down and cheat the surf. I jump in my truck. I just drive down to the beach where we live and to check the surf. And my number plate is preacher. And I get a few people making a bit of fun of me. And that's, I like that. That's awesome. And uh, these, there was four guys, and they were mocking me, mocking the Christian guy. So I got out of the car and went straight up to them. I said, guys, I want you to know that Jesus loves you, man. He's real. He's alive. And they started just sort of mocking and having a bit of a laugh. And I, I just felt myself leaning in. And as I was leaning in, I was going, gee, this is weird. And as I leaned in, I grabbed the ringleader's ears. And as I grabbed his ears, he burst into tears. And he had an encounter with a living God at the beach in front of his friends. I knew then my life would never be the same again. About, I don't know, four or six months ago, I was speaking at a youth conference in Hamilton, North Island of New Zealand. And uh, I was preaching the final night. And uh, so I preached, and it was a great night. And then after the service, this youth pastor came up to me with one of her youth. And she said, hey, Daz, this is such and such. She wants to talk to you, but she's a bit scared of you. I said, don't be scared. I'm not scary. And she said, oh, oh, look, I, I, I don't know. And she was really nervous. And going, what's going on? What do you want to talk about? She said, oh, well, don't worry. Don't worry. And I said, no, no, what do you you want to talk about? She said, I I drew you a picture as soon as you stood up to preach. I said, did you? I said, show me the picture. And she said, no, no, you won't like it. It's it's really dumb. It's really silly. I said, please show me the picture. She said, oh, I said, did God talk to you when you drew the picture? And she said, yeah, he did. And then she showed me this picture. And I said to her, what did he tell you? And he said, she said, he told me to tell you, never forget that God's got your heart. He loves you so much. He would leave the 99 just to go and get you because he loves you so much. God doesn't do love, he is love. And he wants to pour that love into you. If I could have the band up, please. And if we could just dim the light so we can see that slide a bit better. I want you to have a look at that slide. That doesn't even come close to what really happened. The Bible says that his body was that beaten that it was unrecognizable. And he did that for you and for me because he loves us, not because we're dirty, filthy sinners. He hung on that cross to take away the sin and the sickness of the world. But he hung there not for you. He hung there as you. Because there was something so much more precious and valuable beneath that sin. Do you know what that was? You and me. Thank you, Jesus. I know there's some people in here tonight, and you're struggling with your Christian walk. You see, it's almost like you're a bit like Lot's wife in Genesis 18 and 19, where you're running in the right direction. You're running out of a place that could destroy you. You're doing all the right things. You're doing all the right motions. But your heart is still camped in Sodom. And that's not okay. Because he got torn apart for you. And he wants all of you. Like Luke said, he doesn't just want your heart. He doesn't just want a piece of you. He wants all of you. Because when he hung up there for you, and for me, the Bible says it pleased the father to bruise the son. And he screamed out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He did that for you and for me, man. But he wants all of you. My question tonight is how hungry are you? I want every eye in here closed right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you've never given your life to Jesus, I want you to whip your hand up. Or if you're struggling in your Christian walk, if you're feeling a million miles away from God, I want to see your hand. God bless you, bro. God bless you, guys. His hand's popping up everywhere. Who else? Come on. I just want to quickly tell you, just keep those hands up. I just want to quickly tell you what he actually did. You see, his friends handed him over for a bag of coins. They grab him, they tie him to uh, to, to a pole. They start whipping him. Keep those hands up. Even if it starts hurting, keep them up. Come on. In Hebrews 11, it says, Some got cut in two for the gospel. That's their bodies got sawn in two. And when we get a sore hand keeping it up, that's not okay, man. You're in or you're out. You're gathering or you're scattering. So they whip him and whip him. The Bible says his skin was hanging like ribbons. They grab a a sack. They put it over his head. They punch him in the face. And they say, if you're a prophet, tell us who just punched you. They did that. He did that for you and for me. This is what love looks like. This is what we need to get a hold of. That beautiful blood-stained cross. It cost him everything because you're so valuable. They got a crown of thorns. They pulled it down over his head. They were spitting on him, mocking him, stripped and naked. They gambled his clothes. This is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is Jesus, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. They pull his arms out, smash some nails, nine-inch nails through his hands, chalk his feet together, smash a nail through his feet, tie a rope around that cross, and they pull that cross up. The Bible says, as he be lifted up, he draws all men to himself. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And sin will separate you from God. Maybe you're in here and you're, you're, you're caught up in addiction. You're caught up in all this junk. I want you to know He wants to set you free. Tonight is your night. I haven't come all the way from Christ just to tickle your ears. I want to make sure when I leave here, every single one of you guys has your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life that you're burning for Jesus, man. Everyone that's got your hand up, I want you to stand up right now. Just stand up where you're standing right now. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.